Welcome to Against the Grain. I am your host, Chris Gilmore, and this is our brand new podcast segment called Going Against the Grain. So we got some inspiration from this from, uh, I was speaking at a seminar the other week and um, uh, the, the host or the MC said, Chris, everything that you do is always against the grain. It's against everything else, what everyone else does. So if one person zigs, you zag, and that's pretty much my entire life. So that is the thesis for this brand new podcast series. And to to really to kick it off, I thought I'd bring in a real special guest to talk about today, today's topic. And today, uh, you know, when I posted this on Facebook last night, Josh, I, I, I my wife even said, what the hell are you going to talk about with parenting? You know, because she probably thinks I'm the worst father in the world. I don't know what it is, but she just had a, a good little chuckle going, uh, <laughs> what are you going to talk about? And I'm like, you know what? I've got this absolutely covered. So today's topic is going to be about parenting and around kids. And and before um, we get into it, I, I want to say congratulations to Josh. He is now a first time uh, father, so he's uh, thank beautiful, you. Beautiful wife just gave birth last week. It was, wasn't it? Uh, that's nearly three weeks now, so that'd make me an expert. Three yeah. weeks, yeah, yeah. Geez, that went quick. Yep. Um, you should know too, mate. Actually, tom- so, uh, tomorrow I think yeah. three weeks. So. Yeah. See, that was a good little test. Yeah, around, you know, <laughs> rule one hundred and one of uh, parenting. <laughs> if you do what I do, is I've got all my boys' um, birth dates uh, tattooed on me. So uh, that, <laughs> that might be the way to go. Actually, that's <laughs> but, probably a good idea. <laughs> but uh, congratulations, mate. You Thank and Sharice, uh, first time parents, having a yep. little baby girl. Yep. Um, called Astrid. You named her yep. Astrid. Yep. So Astrid Ivy. Astrid Ivy. So that's that's again that's going against the grain. You know? Like that's wow. a very that's an unusual name. Well, when you've got a surname like Smith, you know you need the uh, you need the first bit to to sort of stand out a little Absolutely. bit. Otherwise, you get lost in the crowd, and we're you not will. interested in that. We will, we will. So, but um, look to introduce you. So we do have Josh in in the studio today to talk about this because I thought Josh was probably going to be one of the perfect persons to sort of interview around uh, kids and mentoring kids because he has pretty much done it his entire life. And uh, if we, if you, the, we, let's give him, let's give the listeners the backstory here, Josh. So we actually met when I was, how old, 10? Something like that, I guess, 10, yep, yeah. Yep, and uh, Josh gave me my famous nickname, Point Three. Yep, that's it. So if everyone ever remembers those ads on TV uh, with the, the family jumping in the car and, and they had that third child and he would sit the little in the, kid in the back seat. In the back seat and he goes, I'm the point I'm three. I'm the point three. Well, that was me <laughs> apparently. So, you know, I've, I've upgraded from point three yep. to chicken legs. Yep. So, um, but look, we've, we've known each other for a very long time and that was because of the motor racing scene. And, and that is where you've pretty much spent your entire life is in around motorsport, especially, especially go-karting. Yep. Um, you know, and you mentored me back back then. We won uh, many many state titles. Yeah, uh, I was actually I was actually wondering how many was it. I I think it was uh, seven. Was it? Was yeah. it that many? Yeah, it was about six or seven, mate. So I rem- I specifically remember the one at Bundaberg. No, yeah. not no, not Bundaberg. Warwick. Yeah. I remember your dad pacing backwards and forwards frantically on yep. the fence yep. line. For well, sure. I'm I'm pretty sure Warwick was was my first one. I did. I, that, I yeah. Okay. Well, that's the one that sticks in my mind for yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, Bundaberg that was a sour one. Remember, we won that and um, we got caught cheating. Apparently, was that with, right? With the engine building. Yep. Yep. Remember, we had a uh, an engine and they they had chamfered uh, the port. 
in in the piston or something something we didn't know about or like yeah we didn't that know wasn't it. one of mine though uh, i'm not too sure who the no engine was. <laughs> i never uh, no, i never got done for that so, so. um i so, did win that weekend though myself yeah so well, there, there you, you go. go so i i did win the, the the queensland state titles and then only got it taken away from us for for some reason and i was i don't know how old how old was i, I was probably 10 you, so. you would have still been in the xl card at that stage probably yeah, mate yeah, yeah sure. nine or ten so i had no idea what the hell we were doing and yep. what happened but anyway they you move on and but yeah we won warwick and we we won many others and i still probably my most memorable though josh would be barossa back in adelaide yep so i uh that was in junior clubman yep. i think i was running in the prd card at that particular time and the, so we're going back a long time now we it's are, hard to remember I'm, I'm things pretty, started to get a bit a bit uh yeah, blurry they, they would, <laughs> but um I, I remember I was I was leading and uh, the jets come out of the carby uh, and I had to race the entire race one handed. Yeah, right. And, trying to screw it back in. Well, to keep it in yep. place, uh, yep. you know. So the jets uh, that are on a carby and a go kart for those people that don't know is is what adjusts the the fuel mixture that runs through the engine, uh, and it's quite important. It's probably the most important part of the, on the engine. So without that, the engine will blow up and and uh, you don't finish so i actually i still have that photo of me coming around the sweeper before the finish line uh one hand on the jet and one on the steering wheel and i won and i raced that entire race one-handed well, it's always the uh, the difficult ones that are the most memorable yeah so you don't really that doesn't sort of stick in your mind too much when it when it's a walk in the park no so. well it was a walk in the park we absolutely <laughs> flogged him and I, and I did it one-handed i beat him with one hand down but um and but I still remember every single Australian title that I lost. Yeah, right. I, I yep. remember every. Well, single I remember one the one at Dubbo for sure. <laughs> I remember Dubbo and, and good old Mark Winterbottom. But yep, um, yep. and then uh, the one at Gladstone with Matt Wall. Yep. Um, that yep. was by zero point zero 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 four of a of a tenth. Yep. So a millisecond. But uh, anyway, we, we won't talk about our losses and stuff no, like that. No. But. I, um, you know, so you've, you've been a, a big mentor, especially in my early career of, of motor racing, but that was something that, you know, you went overseas uh, for yourself and continued motor racing. Um, and then you've come back to Australia and, and you've really sort of taken on that role that you, that you've just mentored kids, you know, and yes. it's something that you've always done. And yep, I thought that would be a really good, really good topic to talk about today because I see it, uh, I experienced it. Um, you know, I, I got no doubt there's a lot of kids out there, um, that would also, um, you know, probably feel it or, or think it, but it's, it's more around adults living their dreams through their kids. Yeah. It's, it is definitely something that you see, you for, know, for sure. so like I, I especially, know, especially with sports. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, 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 there might be, uh, you know, you might be a parent and, and you were very good at sport back in the day, but injury or money or, or something happened that stopped you from going to, you know, to that professional league or to that p- professional level. And and then they have kids of their own and they really push their kids into the same sport that they yeah. did. And, um, you know, so like for me, I've, I've been motor racing since I was five, right? Yep. And, and that was not because of my parents' choice. You know, yep. me and my brother, we wanted to get into motorbikes and, and my dad thought it was too dangerous uh, being on two wheels. So he said, look, let's go and try four wheels. Let's get into a go-kart. And, you know, and, the, and, that, and that was the end of it. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And, and I did it and, and still do it 35 years later because yep. I love it. You know, yeah. it was definitely. That's what that's what keeps you going, isn't it? You know, yeah, that's if, look, it's if you don't love it, it's uh, 
you know, probably the same as anything. If you don't love it, it's hard to keep the uh, the effort and the uh, enthusiasm up to it. Well, you you've, you've, you don't have that passion for it. And I had a passion for it, you know. And my, my dad and my mom and our entire family, we had a passion for, for motor racing, you know. And, and when I stopped uh, professionally racing in 2012, my dad still continued because it was his passion, yeah. you know. And we were still involved and stuff and still doing the odd race here and there and, yep. and stuff like that. But... I, I think now being a parent myself, you know, and I have so many people that know my entire life that I've motor raced. They're like, why do your kids not race? And it's really simple for me. I just go, my kids aren't interested in Cause, it. Because they haven't chosen to and I'm not going to make them do no. something that they don't want to do. Absolutely. Like my kids love scooter riding and yeah, skateboarding. Yeah, scootering. Yeah, let's, right. well, let's go and get right. into that if that's what you love. Let's so, do you know, Santa brought them a, a skate ramp. Yep. Right, like I, as a parent, I will do whatever I possibly can to, to help them find what they want to do. But I'm not going to say, "Hey, boys, let's go to you know," because I've got three boys. Yeah. Right. So that's the perfect candidate to get them into motor racing. Yeah. Not one of them has any inkling. Doesn't even watch it. Doesn't even like. They don't even come and watch me race. Yeah. So it's just like Chris, it's bloody boring. Yeah. You know, like what do you do? Well, that's why I mean that the, the the idea of watching sport, I think that's one of the things, you know, that I would certainly say is is that that's what potentially creates the interest in a sport with a lot of young kids. I mean, certainly for me, you know, when I was young, um, you know, watching Formula One with my dad, that's certainly where where that started for for yep. me, sort of thing, you know. And so sometimes I think you know, it's uh, if there's a sport being watched a lot in a house, you know, that sort of becomes a connection that kids have with their with their parents. You know, even if it's just you know to start off with sitting on the on the couch watching the footy with dad. You know, does that lead to wanting to play footy? You know, that's, there's there's probably a connection. I've got with no that. doubt. I've got no doubt. Yep. So probably in our household, we don't watch too much TV. Yep. Um, so we're quite active. You know, yep. if you talk to my mum, she'll be like, Chris, you're never home. Yep. I'm like, no, we're not. Like, we're out enjoying life and living life and, and experiencing as much as, you know. And and I've got a, uh, I, I'd be like any parent, but I think my boys are actually quite good at sport. Yeah. You know, what they do, you know, um, like Hayden, my middle, he loves tennis. Yep. Right. Now this kid, I don't know if he's gifted or he's stupid. I don't know what it is. Being your kid, he'd have to be gifted. He's he? gifted. I've he'd got have no to doubt. be. I've got he'd no have to be special. <laughs> but he can, he can play tennis with both arms, left and right. Yeah. No, okay. That's different. Okay. Right. That's, you tell me what no, five year old can that's do that. Different. Right. That's hand like hand eye coordination is hard enough on one side, oh, let alone on. Mate, try and get me to kick a footy left handed or right left handed, and I'm useless. Yeah. He's more left. Yeah. But he, you know, we play because I, you know, I encourage it because that's what he loves doing. So we go and always hit a tennis ball, even out on the road in the backyard or at a court. Uh, he gets um, coaching, yeah. you know, and stuff like that because he loves it. Yeah. You know, we've never watched it on TV. It's just something, but he can hit a ball right-handed or left-handed. Like, I, I think that's yeah, kind of no, cool. That's, that's unusual. That's definitely unusual. Yeah. So sure. anyway, he might be the next uh, Djokovic or Federer. And, well, and, but look, yeah. if... And or that, the first Gilmore, the, could, first, he, well, the first tennis Gilmore. Yeah, well, he's got to beat dad. First, so. <laughs> <laughs> but like if, if you know what I mean, if that's what he wants to do, he's five. He doesn't know what he wants to do for the rest of his life. But, you know, if that's what he wants to do and he, he enjoys it, it's like, well, do you want to get some coaching? Yeah, I do. Like we're not forcing it on. We're yeah. not pushing it on him. You know, I've said to the boys, do you want to go go-karting? No. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I mean and if you let if you let them find their own level, then that's that's the best thing, you know, and, and probably one of the things with 
with uh, you know the question of parents, you know, pushing their kids, you know, too much, you know, if that's uh, the you know such a thing. But um, you know, like it's it's when the parents' goals and ambitions and the kids' desire to do it are out of alignment. That's generally where you get problems start to sneak in, you know. And if it's a if you sort of follow with where the kids' level of desire is to do it, that's like with him. If, yes, if you you want to get some coaching, great. If not, then let's just keep it fun. You know, that's that's probably the best way to go about it. I think. Yeah, and look, and that was one of my biggest rules with dad because I know that we we spent millions. I've got no doubt he has spent millions of dollars on our motorsport yeah. for me and my brother, you yeah. know, and, and I'm super grateful and, you know, we've just lost him and stuff like that. But, you know, like I understand now being a parent what he sacrificed, you know, like I don't know how he got so much time away from work to do what we did. Like yeah. we were literally motor racing every single weekend at some track around Australia. Yeah, well, as you know, we uh, like with with my dad, we uh, we went into the go kart business. So, as you know, essentially to start off with, so he didn't have to go to work anymore. You know, like going racing became the business. That was and, the business, you know, and for that's you. that yeah. that was that was the way that we sort of uh, I, I guess got around that uh, problem of of having to find time off work and that side of things. Yeah. Just make it make it the business. make it the business. So, yeah, and, and it was a success a successful business. But I want to talk to you about Josh, like because you that's what you do you you pretty much are now a mentor or a coach and like back in the day you were fantastic at, at motor racing you're one of probably the best go-karters i've seen um don't know what happened um you just gave up or stopped i don't know what you did change sides of the fence yeah at, well at, yeah at the end of the day well like you know with my with my younger brother coming through when zach was coming through yeah. i got to the point where you know I was happy with what I'd done in the seat and uh, was, you know, more than happy to step aside and give him the opportunity. And that's the, the, the thing, I guess, you know, with making the transition to, you know, a coaching role is, you know, there's just as much enjoyment to be had on the sidelines, you know, sometimes more, you know, like the body doesn't get knocked around yeah. as much. You don't take the hits and things, you know, there's as much fun but to be had on. you just the... get as much enjoyment out of seeing them be successful. And, Absolutely. And, and, and doing what a they love. A win is and... still a win, you yeah. know, like, and well, that's. It's a team sport. You know, every everything's a team sport. Even the, even the individual you know, player sports like tennis. Yeah. Like tennis is, it's an individual person, but there's still a team that's that's involved there, you know? So, you know, that's, uh, and one, like one of the things I always enjoyed with, uh, with the, the go-kart racing is, you know, that whole, that whole thing of the preparation, the coaching, all the work that goes into it. But then at the point where you roll the driver out the gate, it's like, you've got the ball, man go there's nothing else that i it's can do it. it's not, that, that's it's a handover it's like the bat and getting past i've done everything that i can do and it's now on you go make it happen yeah or or you can be like me and i get on the radio and say you set the car up shit dad uh, <laughs> it's your fault i come second but no and it's exactly right but i i you know and that goes back to that point like i don't push motor racing onto my kids and if that's not if you know and cuz i love the sport and i wish they did it, you know it would be awesome because i got to spend every weekend with my mum and dad yep. doing what we all loved you know as uh, me and my brother and and mum and dad and that was kind of cool you know i never went to my first music concert until i was like 27 yep. like you know, i never went to live sport you know yep. all i did was motor racing it's yep. all like you know like i could Look at a ripple strip on a racetrack. Kept us all out of pubs as well, and that, yeah, you know, man, all, like, all those things. Yeah, I didn't get into drugs, or I don't drink. You yeah. know, like um, you know, I've always tried to keep a really healthy sort of you know lifestyle because of the motor racing, and and to you know to perform at your best, you've got to be peak you know performance. But 
I I think parents really just push kids into doing things that they want them to do because they didn't succeed at it and they want to you know well, they a, sort of want to see or live their life you know what they were grown or brought up with and I think that's where they go wrong half the time and that's why I've got you in here for this podcast because I reckon you see it every day. Yeah, you, well it can it can be two two parts to it. One it can be you know, that you've got parents that did do something and maybe didn't enjoy the level of success that they really wanted. And so they want to have that second crack with their kids. Or maybe it's something that they never got to do at all. And so they want to have, you know, that, that real, like, well, I never got to do that. So that I'm, I'm going to try I, and do it with my kids. I understand that. Yep. But point one, I don't. Yeah. Well... You know, I mean, I guess, look, and it's one of the things, I guess, you know, for both you and I, you know, at the point where you, you know, retire or walk away or, or, or whatever it is, that's easy to do when it feels like you can close the book having had success. You know, when, you, when you've enjoyed the success that you aspired to have and you get there, it's easy to close the book and go, that's great, you know, tick that box, let's move on to the next thing or whatever it be. But for people that didn't, for people that have that empty feeling that sort of that, that lingers maybe because they never had that yeah, success. Yeah, that, that was probably me actually. You know, well, that's, you know, well, you kept going until you won a national championship. Yeah, I know I, that's what you wanted to do. Yeah. You was, never quite got there with the go-kart. You know, we you went awful close, you know, a number of times, but kept going yeah, with your dad. Yeah, I finished second three there. times. Yep. I, yep. I, I remember I won three. one. We just, yeah. we'll just rub that one yeah, in. Yeah, I won yeah, one. You got the green plate. <laughs> I didn't. I only had the blue. Um, but again, yeah, that, that is probably true in that statement. I... You know, my entire goal was one, either try and make a career out of it, yeah. which I realized quite early it wasn't going to happen. And I think that's where a lot of kids in motorsport go wrong. Yeah. Um, but two, my other goal was I wanted to be the best in Australia. Like that's yeah. that's what we were training and, and, and practicing and, and driving towards as a goal. And when we achieved that, in uh, we won the National Series in 28, uh, 2008. But then when we won the Australian Championship in the Formula 3 in 2011, I was done. Yeah, I was I was okay to go. You know what, Dad? We've 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 done what I wanted to do. Yeah, well, I, mean, I come back and I did another year. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because because we could. Um, and well, stuff look like at that. look at Nico Rosberg, yeah, in Formula One. I mean, yeah. he put his whole life into into you know becoming Formula One world champion. I mean, it's maybe debatable as to whether or not there was uh, you know how much parental influence was involved there with his dad having been Formula One world champion as well. But Nico went all the way through when he achieved that goal yep. and retired straight away because he said, "I've put everything that everything that I've got into that. I've achieved the goal. That's me. I'm done. I'm out." Yeah, yeah, and I totally understood that. Back yep. in 2016, when he made that call, that wasn't really a yep. surprise to me. Well, going out on top is one way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, you know, absolutely. like that's a nice way to close things. Absolutely. You know, a lot of rugby players should do that. I think yeah. a lot of people, a lot of sports people should well, do it. A lot general. of, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Federer. Like, I love Federer. I think he's the all time greatest yeah. of nearly of all sports, you know, yeah. ever. Um, you know, I think he's, he's had his day. Still great. Yep. Still amazing. Still, yep. you know, top 10 and stuff like that. But, um, you can see he's he's dwindling away. Schumacher did it, come yep. back, shouldn't have come back. Yep. Um, you know, so but But if, that's where you get into the debate about what are they doing it well, for. They love and, if, it. and if the love of it's if still they love there, it, then keep you know, doing it. And and for those Kimmy, Kimmy Reichen well, is a Kim, perfect Kimmy, absolutely. Kimmy, yeah. perfect Kimmy, Kimmy just keeps on keeping on. And the reality is, you know, if you've still got the ability to compete and get paid, 
you know, that that's, you know, like, and those, those sports people get to a point where they, you know, there's a certain lifestyle that they enjoy. And if they can continue with that lifestyle and get the enjoyment from it. And yeah, again, they you know, Federer can look at it and go, man, like, did, did I want another trophy to have to stick somewhere? Did I want to have to build some more shelves to put another one up? It's good. I'm happy. I've, I've had that success. So, you know, let's keep going. Yeah, no, that is true. And I think that's why I'm still involved in motorsport because we love it. Yeah. You know, but um, it's it's just around like, you know, what do you see from these kids though? Like these kids, obviously some of these kids that you're mentoring and over the years, it's not just currently, it's it's over the last 20 years. Yeah. You've, you would have seen kids come across, you know, into that driver's seat that had a ton of talent. Yes, but it was purely because the parents could afford to do it, and 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 they just didn't really have well, that drive to do yeah, anymore. Like it's a look, it's a combination of things. But I think, you know, and this is a conversation I've had a number of times in the last few years, and and there's definitely a, a question mark that comes up about how badly the kids want to actually do it. You know, just you know, like that. You know, the age old is that burning desire there to do it, and 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 one of the things that. You know, you can absolutely look at these days compared with, you know, back in back in our day is, you know, there's so many distractions now, you know, whether it be, you know, just mobile devices and just in general in kids' lives. And I know I was having a conversation with someone just not that long ago about exactly this point that, I mean, like for me in the, what, in the mid 80s, wanting to be enthusiastic about going motor racing when I was still living in Perth with my mum, you know, you had to commit to just even even being a fan of a sport. Like when I first got interested in Formula One, you know, you had to, you know, at, in Perth, you'd have to sit up till 10.30 on a Sunday night. You know, if you, if you weren't going to make it through the race, you had to sit up and physically push the button on the video machine to record it so you could watch it the next day. You know, there was no streaming service or hard yep. drive. Yeah, and you'd have to go once a month to the local news agency and, and spend your, you know, your pocket money on, you know, the one magazine that was available, you know, for, for the sport that you were interested in. You had to actually commit to being interested in something in this day and age there's so much information there's so much coming at kids and there's so many distractions it's just not possible for them to develop that same level of intense like singular focus Focus, towards yeah towards something because there's just distraction left and right and stuff so you know even the the whole question mark of you know are kids today as you know are they as focused and you know do they want it as bad well in a lot of ways they're not but sometimes that's no fault of their own that's just the world that we live in now you know the world of you know instant gratification i want things now 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 and you know you know the tiktok world of 15 seconds is how long our attention span is and move on so i don't think that necessarily um plays a great role in in kids being able to sort of you know develop their own you know deep intense desire and drive to to really succeed because you know, it's bang, move on to the next thing. So I think that's a bit of an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that could be a whole different podcast. Yep. Couldn't it? You know, distractions. Yeah. Well, uh, kids we and, all, we all suffer from them. Yeah, I know. But look, it's just the world that we live in and it's yep. not, it's not changing. It's not going to go away. So you just yep. got to live with it and adapt yep. and, and stuff like that. But, um, one yeah. of the, but one, look, one of the things that I do, you know, that, 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 constantly confuses and amuses me at the same time with uh, with dealing with some of the parents is 
probably the the idea around you know constructive criticism as well you know and that's where you know when you've got the parents maybe overly pushing the kids along and and you know especially when you're dealing with young kids i mean like yep. think think about the kids that i work with you know sometimes you know they're you know like 10 11 years old whatever and you know you're constantly having the conversation with parents and saying like let's be realistic here is there any way in the world that your 11-year-old is a perfectly refined, polished, finished example of this sports person? Like, no, there's just no way at that age that, you know, that the kids are all that they're ever going to be. There's so, so much room for growth. Do you think parents have a higher expectation on the kids now? than Sometimes the parents have, an, have a problem with... Wanting to accept that there's room for improvement with the kids. Sometimes it's it seems as though parents are so wanting to feel as though their kid is the you know, one, th- the one or the best, and that they're they're all that that they that they sometimes fail to recognise that hey, this kid's just exactly where they should be at this stage of things. And they've still got a whole lot of potential and room to grow and all of that. And that's what you should be focused on. But if you get to the point where you want to start going, no, no, my kid's all that, and you close your mind off to the future improvement and growth potential, if you take the focus off of that, you take the focus off of that. And that's the thing that how do kids get better? by focusing on being better. You know, when the focus is on improvement, that's where the improvement comes from. And if you start getting to the point where you take the focus off of that and start blaming all the other variables around the kid, well, that's when the uh, that's when the growth and improvement slows down and plateaus. I think also too, Josh, I see a lot of, I think a lot of parents, right? And, and you'll experience this, like especially like at our school, right where where my boys go to school i reckon a lot of parents um you know they they feel that you know they're they're being judged on how good their kid is at a particular sport like they they want their kid to be the best so they feel you know good about them as a parent you know what i mean like i don't i don't know how to explain it but it's like it's like the parents are worried what other people are going to think of them if their kid is good or shit at a sport. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think like that's where I don't care. Like if yeah. my kid is no good at rugby league, I don't, I don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. You know, he might be good at chess where their kid's not, you know, like every kid's going to have different potential at different things, uh, whatever they do, you know, but I think a lot of parents feel, Oh, my kid has to be because we're at this school. He has to be good at, you know, soccer and he's got to be good at running and, you know, and I think there's just so much pressure and I reckon the parents then push and put that pressure on the kid. Yeah, well, look, to, to me, the problem in that situation is that the the assessment criteria and what the goal is, is misguided. When, when the goal is the win... Yeah, like if you if you've got if you've got a kid that's that's running in athletics and they're running, for example, if you make the goal the first place ribbon, then that's just that's where that's where people go wrong. If the goal is I just want the kid to be the best that they can be, you know, when when you know the the objective is in the self improvement, when that's the focus, like that's what I say to kids all the, all the time, you know, the especially with motor racing, things like 
the lap time. Stop focusing on the lap time. That's just the outcome. That's yep. just the result. If yep. you focus on the the skills and the techniques and everything like that and mastering that and being better at the at the things that that lead you to that then that just takes care of itself and when that's you the put, end result that's and it, yeah when, when you when you put the result as the thing that you're chasing that's that's just that's the wrong way to go about it that's where you look at you know you look at any coach you look at football coaching you know like superstars that are getting paid you know i'm a big fan of american football and it fascinates me where you see these guys you know they're getting getting paid you know tens of millions of dollars a year and the really really great ones you'll see every off season you know people like tom brady you know yep. like six time or seven time super bowl champion he goes back to California every year and goes and works with a throwing coach and goes back to the fundamentals, the most basics of the technique because he understands that that's where the success comes from. Hoisting the trophy at the end of the season comes from putting the grind into the little details and the work along the way. And that's where sometimes I think people get misguided is they don't make, you know, they make the wrong thing the number one objective and they get too caught up in that rather than, you know, the activities that are going to get you to it. Yeah. And, and that's what I always said to dad. I said to dad, I'll stop motor racing when it stops becoming fun. Well, again, you know, like some of the things, you know, I would, I would sort of definitely say, again, coming back to, to American football, you know, I'm a massive fan of, of Peyton Manning. And, you know, one of the things that you, you know, used to sort of listen to in interviews with him, he's, he openly said that he fell in love with the practice part of it, mastering his craft on the practice field. The game on Sundays was just then the opportunity to go out and showcase the improvements that, that I've made. Like the that, bonus. That's yeah, that's that's just I just get to go and show off what I've now improved on this week. So it's the falling in love with the grind of the practice. That's where the superstars come from. I remember an interview at the Australian Open Tennis a number of years ago, with it being the first one of the year, and I think it was Rafa Nadal that they were talking to. And they said to him, so what have you been doing in the off season? And he kind of gestured with his hand and he said, oh, I changed my grip. And he like, and he, and he gestured with his hand that he just rotated ever so slightly on, on the racket. And so essentially what he, what he was saying is I spent the whole off season going and resetting my muscle memory of every stroke, every shot with this ever so slight variation in the grip. It's that it's that focus and falling yeah. in love with the doing of the of the detailed stuff. That's what leads to the superstar. And to come back to the question about kids today, I think that's where the problem is. Is is they don't want to do in for the most part. There's still the exceptions for sure, but again with the distractions and things the kids don't get to the point where they want to go focus on the repetitious like. The, the detail type stuff and and that's what gets you to the to the the, the levels that the parents want you know so you got to get that um, that alignment between you know the kids wanting to do the work that, that it takes to get to the level of expectations yep. that the parents have got but I just think parents should just stop putting high expectations on their kids if they're 10 11 15 or you know to you know you've got to do this you've got to do that just as a parent, I think you just need to support your kids in whatever they love to do. 
Well, that's the way it should be for sure, you know. And I, and look, I, I don't I, I don't think that deep down inside any of these parents that are pushing their kids along don't actually want the best for their kids. Sometimes it's just maybe that their own yeah their own desires overcome that's, maybe. And yeah. kids kids are there trying to please their parents in in a lot of cases, you know. That's like you know, daddy wants me to be really good at kicking the ball a long way. I want to try and please daddy. That's that's what I'm yeah. going to try and do, you know. But how many kids have we seen along the way, that, you know, that get pushed that hard and they get to be 13, 14, 15 or whatever and they go, I'm out. I've yep. had enough of this sport because it's been too much. They've yep. been overloaded and they're at that burnout point at a really young age and they, and they walk away and, and that's it. And, and that doesn't really achieve the objective for anyone yeah. then. So yeah. You see that a lot. Yep, absolutely. You see that probably more cases yep. than, than anything. Yep. So. But um, look, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. We, we've gibberished on for half an hour. So <laughs> if you got to this part of the the podcast, we we thank you. You've done yep. well. Yep. Um, but uh, look, that is the, our first episode of Going Against the Grain. Thanks for listening. If you've got any comments, put them below. And uh, if you've got any topics that you'd like us to cover, just yeah, simply just uh, place a comment here, and uh, we will do a podcast episode for you so thanks for tuning in thanks for listening going against the grain thanks for having me thanks for uh, your input josh it was good all right thanks for listening see you everyone